1: Oh, what's this? Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Pretty cool, right?
0: Wait, are those prices real? Do they have glasses for men?
1: Yep, they also have affordable blue light glasses.
0: Seriously? At those prices?
1: Get them all. I like where this is going.
0: Zenny.com Prescription glasses starting at $6.95. This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to
2: you by... Austin-based company Naturally Hims and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in, pharmaceutical-grade, non-isolate-based CBD...
0: what up everybody welcome back to another episode of headlock talk today is headlock talks first birthday party it's our birthday it's our birthday steven and just like last year we're doing survivor series week in review and fantasy warfare 2019 yes buckle up Welcome back everybody to another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh snap. Oh, snap indeed, Steven. Yes. Man, welcome everybody. I'm I'm so excited cuz again, it's it's Headlock Talk's very first birthday. Yes, the ver- yes. the very first episode of Headlock Talk took place last year during Survivor Series weekend. And we got to record a lot of cool stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, back back in the day, we we still had our buddy J Raw on the show. Big shout out to J Raw, and thank you for, you know, uh, participating and and, and being a, a huge help and major support to us at the very beginning. Um, you know, we're we're glad that we are here where we are now. We couldn't have done it without uh, J Raw and a whole host of other people. Uh, so that's pretty awesome, I, I think. Um, yes, yes. I couldn't have said it better myself. I- I'm glad that we're here on our first birthday. Yeah. We got to make it to our first. Uh, it doesn't feel like a year. It does not. Time flies when you're having fun, this Stephen. This is true. It's true. Um, uh, before we get into the down and dirty of today's episode. Ooh. Uh, yes. Down sp- and dirty. Spicy. I am, of course, uh, the Texas-sized Texas gentleman, Tanner proof, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. The Jack Gentleman. Yeah, no, no need for Photoshop, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, and I am joined, of course, by my right hand man, the man of the plan, the one of the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Well, howdy, 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 Stephen. Uh, just a quick reminder, everybody: Headlock Talk uh, is up for the uh, 2019 Wrestling Podcast Awards. Uh, yes. So you can check out uh, the Wrestle Hub on Twitter or the Rant Podcast. On Twitter as well, uh, the the rant is spelled with a V instead of an A, so edgy. I and like it. There you go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we are up for the um, was it the best duo and best newcomers That's awards. It. Yep. Uh, so yeah, Headlock Talk would greatly appreciate your vote. Obviously, since those awards are still rolling around, and uh, yeah, vote for you know everybody else in the BBR extended family. You know, Queen. You know, Badlands. E- uh, Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you know, no particular angle. Queen and Pub Connection. Queen and Pub Connection. Also, BBR Brain B- Buster Radio is, B- is B-
2: up for uh, several nominations. BBR,
0: and and then of course, uh, have, you, have you heard of this show Wrestling Reaver before? I think so. Huh. Hmm. Sounds familiar. So yeah, sounds. Interesting. No, no, we kid, we kid. Happy birthday, actually, to yes. Josh. Happy birthday, Josh's birthday. I uh, hope you have a fantastic birthday, Josh. Wait, so Josh shares the same birthday with Headlock Talk. I know, crazy. That's beautiful. It's yeah. almost like he needs to come on soon or something. Uh, uh, yeah, perhaps. <laughs> I keep telling him, man, hey, come back on the show, and he wants to. So, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to arrange that. Uh, you know, there's always another after dark around the corner. This is true. This is true um one other final note here of course ladies and gentlemen if you enjoy headlock talk you want to give it back to us in any way shape or form or if you just particularly enjoy today's episode don't forget to support us and other independent podcasts leave a, a star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts be it itunes spotify google play wherever we greatly appreciate that that's the best way to give back to us at this time we don't have a patreon uh yet we don't have anything like that uh but uh yeah we would greatly appreciate all the love and support you could possibly give Yes, indeed. Now that I'm done being chills for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with some self-promotion. No, no, no. Uh, but uh, we, we do need to talk about something very important to Headlock Talk. Yes, yes. And that is the Fantasy Warfare 2019 bracket. It is complete. It looks great. Yes. Uh, I'm really excited. And, and Stephen, you bared witness here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we We will go over the participants here in just a moment. But you bared witness, I shuffled the bracket seven times. Right. You do not know what the matchups are, though. No. You only saw me shuffle the brackets. Right. I know who
2: the finalists are, but I do not know the actual matchups themselves, so I'm going to be hearing these for the first
0: time with you guys. Yes. Uh, And thank you, of course, to everybody who voted and put up with us this week. Uh, We put out a poll every day, and uh, for those of you who uh, retweeted and, and liked and voted, greatly, you know... Thank you. Thank you greatly. We really do appreciate that. We had
2: a lot of good uh, interactions on those, so we were really
0: happy to see that. Thank you, guys. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So So do we want to go through the top ten? Again, real quick. Yes. Or? So, so these are so the the first names that I will rattle off here. These are the ones who automatically uh, got automatic buys into the tournament based off of performance this year. Um, we had Bandito, mm-hmm. uh, who you know, world traveler extraordinaire, performed in Mexico, Japan, and the U.S. this year. Won the Battle of Los Angeles. Indeed. Uh, stellar performer. Uh, we had Mister Independent himself, the cream in your coffee. Your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. You know, he's really good at Twitter. It, it, it goes on and on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh Mr. David Starr. Uh two time universal champion this year and a very controversial figure. Seth Rollins. Burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> uh one of the all-time greats, arguably, in, in the history of uh, Japanese wrestling, or or just wrestling in general, uh, the current IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Kazushika Okada. Yes, indeed. Johnny freaking wrestling himself, Johnny Gargano. He had to be on the list. Yeah, I, I mean, mean he look, has to. this is a fantastic year. Yeah. Uh, Adam Cole, current NXT champion, mm-hmm. Bebe. Boom. Yeah, there you go. Let's see here. Uh, Mr. Unsanctionable himself, mm. uh, John Moxley. Love me some Moxley, man. Yes. The current reigning AEW World Heavyweight Champion, Le Champion, mm. Chris Jericho. Indeed. Winner of the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax Tournament this year, Kazush- uh, not Kazucho Okada, he did not win. No, but he did no. have a good showing. Yes, he did. But the real winner here, Kota Ibushi. Indeed, yes. I don't know. I'm sorry. I swiped the wrong way on my phone, and it went to Okada. And I, I see. Whatever. You're like, hey, I know that guy. Yeah, okay, there yeah. he is. <laughs> um, uh, then, of course, the uh, winner of the Best of the Super Juniors this year, current reigning IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, uh, you know, a man who could not be stopped this year, Will Ospreay. Indeed, indeed. So those were the first ten who got a buy. And then we had you guys vote for the rest of the participants. So there was only six spots left, and you guys voted for all six. Um, on Monday, uh, we had uh, Kenny Omega uh, versus the Velveteen Dream. We actually got over 200 votes for that tournament. Yeah. And it was won by Kenny Omega. So Kenny is in. Sorry, Velveteen. So, I love you. I but, know, right? Uh, yep. Uh, The people have spoken. The people have spoken. Uh, Let me see here. On Tuesday, we had Matt Riddle versus Tamahiro Ishii, uh, which was... uh, I mean, that's really a dream match, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. I I would love to see that match actually
2: happen. You know, I'm actually glad that these last six were filled by our listeners because some of
0: these matchups are actually really, really hard. Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. Um, Ishii... I uh, got the win 54 to 46. So it was a close race there. Um, Wednesday, Kofi Kingston edged out Jeff Cobb 53 to 47%. That one was hard, too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Thursday... Cody versus Daniel Bryan in what I thought would be a very close uh, race or a blowout in uh, Cody's favor, but no, Daniel Bryan wins 68-32%. to 32%.
2: Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of weird hate for Cody online, honestly, Crazy. though, so I think that might be uh, part of it, but that one was honestly the hardest one for me, mm-hmm. so thank you guys for biting the
0: bullet on that one and uh, <laughs> so that we don't have to do it. Um, Friday's matchup, the fiend Bray Wyatt, uh, beat Jordan Devlin, former OTT, uh, heavyweight champion, Jordan Devlin, uh, 81 to 19%. A beat down, beat down on that Which,
2: one. which is crazy because, uh, Devlin was a runner up for last year's Fantasy Warfare as well and didn't make it in. Uh,
0: so. One of these years, Jordan. One of these years. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Yep. Uh and then AJ Styles beat Volter in yesterday's uh results here uh 61 to 39%. Uh so uh crazy, crazy stuff. Oh yeah. Um I, I mean a few omissions here, obviously. It it needs to be noted. Uh Tommaso Ciampa uh uh could not defend his uh, title this year, um, for obvious reasons, entry purposes. Yeah, I mean uh, he was he was gone most of the year mm-hmm. out out on uh, out with an injury. So the same goes for Roman Reigns to a degree as well. Um, you know he he was out with his uh, uh, illness. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I mean, can you think of anybody else who you know belonged on the list even who we haven't covered yet? Honestly, man, we have a really really this solid a, this list. This is a very good list. Yeah, I really do enjoy it. Uh, so, without further ado, before we get on to the Survivor Series and NXT TakeOver War Games, uh, reviews, I guess, I couldn't think of the word. It's okay. That's what what Uh, you have me for. We have the brackets. And I'll go ahead and post this on uh, on our Twitter as well. So if you don't follow us already, it's at Headlock Talk. Again, that's at Headlock Talk on Twitter. If you can follow us, I'll post the brackets here and I'll post results as we go. But this week here, I'm just revealing the brackets. We start doing the matchups next week. Indeed. Yes. So, matchup number one. Alright, let's get it. Johnny Gargano mm-hmm. will be taking on John Moxley. Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh. That's a tough one. That's a tough Why one. Why is it got to be so hard, like, in the first I match? Uh, ultimate hero versus, said. like, ultimate, like, you know, badass. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a good matchup. Battle of the Johns. Here's another good <laughs> one. Match number two. Yeah. Hero Ishii takes on AJ Styles. That'd be a good match. Um... Number four or number three? I can't count. I skip. I skip three entirely. It's late, man. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> um, Daniel Bryan takes on Kenny Omega. Oh man! I know. I know. See,
2: what's funny is all of these matches are crazy because it's the top sixteen.
0: You know, like, it, yes. it is the top 16 of wrestling, so all the matches are going to be very hard. The uh, the match number four in the last match on this side of the bracket, Chris Jericho, Le Champion, takes on Will Ospreay. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with these. This is, oh, man. It gets better. Okay. Um, the Fiend takes on Kofi Kingston. Okay. Okay. Good match. Yeah, yeah. Uh oh my gosh these 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 next three, um, Kazushka Okada takes on Kota Ibushi in a rematch of the G one semifinals. You can't plan that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you can't plan it. Wow, it's,
2: I saw he shuffled seven
0: times. Yep, it's brilliant. Wow. Okay, a, okay. A brilliant match up here. Um, here's one that I would really love to see, Bandito. Takes on Adam Cole. And that means there's only two spots left. So, Seth Rollins, Mr. Monday Night Rollins, Mr. WWE, takes on Mr. Independent himself, David Starr. Dude,
2: (laughs) how did we make up these amazing stories? Just, like, out of nowhere.
0: Bro, it, it writes itself. That's crazy. It writes itself. That's crazy and And that just goes to show w w e my iPhone generated all these storylines. It didn't take much thought and and it, I'm sorry for this editorial, ladies and gentlemen, but tonight, Survivor series, I loved the matches, yes, very frustrated though by yes. a lot of how it all went down, yes. Um I I I liked a lot of the matchups. I think the results were the correct ones mm. for the most part. But I also feel uh slightly frustrated by what I, I felt as though it was overbooking in the majority of the card. Okay. But War Games, mm. NXT War Games the night before, I feel did it absolutely perfectly. Oh yeah. No, War Games was
2: great, honestly.
0: Yeah, um, from what I'm seeing here, notes wise, um, there was not a match that was under three uh, three and a half stars is what I have here uh, written down. So, uh, with that being said, uh, Steven, what did you think of NXT Takeover War Games this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you said it pretty well. It was a really, really, really solid show. Uh, I think for me, I mean, however much weight you guys put in uh, star ratings, my lowest match is three and a quarter. Um, but with both of the war games matches, both the men's and women's being four stars or higher, um, really, really solid stuff. I mean, NXT, I, I think war games is really one thing that they do insanely well. And uh, yeah. And, and it was really cool to see the the women's war games match for the first time and yes. I think they did a fantastic mm-hmm. job in that match.
0: Yes, no, absolutely. And and during the pre-show we we had um there there was another match, Angel Garza takes uh took on uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott in, in a very competitive, you know, generally good match uh which I really enjoyed. Uh but as far as the main card is concerned, um we were introduced a storyline during the pre-show about how uh, Mia Yim was found injured and uh Rhea Ripley had to Um, go to uh, Dakota Kai and ask her to join Team Ripley. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, You could tell Dakota Kai somewhat apprehensive about the whole thing. And, you know, I mean, I I, I felt as though this was going to happen from the beginning, to be perfectly honest. I I felt Dakota Kai was going to find herself in the match, switching her out for Mia Yim last minute kind of felt like, oh, okay, well, this is a bit odd. But I always still felt in the back of my mind that Dakota Kai would find herself in this match. Really? Yes. And then, so, as the show opens, we're informed by Maro Ranallo that uh, uh, Dakota Kai will be taking Mia Yim's place, and that Mia Yim was, I guess, um, uh, taken to the hospital, perhaps, mm-hmm. from her from her beatdown backstage. Uh, so, th- there is that. hmm mm. So, NXT TakeOver War Games opened with the women's war game match, of course. Yes. Uh, So, let me just pull this up real quick here. There we go. So, on Team Baszler, we had Shayna Baszler, of course, along with um, uh, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and Kaylee Ray. Mm -hmm. Uh, On Team Ripley, Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, uh, Tegan Knox, and Dakota Kai. Yeah, I mean, both of these teams are pretty even.
2: Honestly, um, they're both just the top women. Really, like they, both the men's and women's match, uh, war games match was just all star, all
0: star cast. You know, yes, very so. much so, um, very much so. Uh, so the the opening contest, as I had it here, um, as, as far as um, uh, I, I guess the match itself, Candice LeRae and Io Shirai start. They had some good technical wrestling going on. Also, some good brawling and usage of the of uh, both rings and the cage. Yeah, yeah. So it was a very complete opening back and forth contest. Bianca Belair came out next. She displayed some great power moves on Candice, uh, you know, uh, who then attempts to mount a comeback but gets hit with like a triple power bomb right. by Belair, uh, which was pretty crazy. Um, Rhea Ripley came out next um she opens the affair by slamming uh the cage door <laughs> on uh bianca's head and she's also starting to bring in like chairs trash cans candlesticks, mm-hmm. that sort of thing the crowd was chanting for tables but we didn't we didn't get tables n- n- right right I mean, that's, a- that's okay <laughs> it's it's fine yeah y- you know why it's okay because rhea ripley puts bianca belair through a trash can instead that's true uh, that is the thing that happens it, it, this is true <laughs> Uh, Kaylee Ray is up next. Uh, she gets a couple more chairs. Uh, she goes for getting a table, uh, but then refuses and then the Chicago crowd boos. Right. Yes. Um, she has a really cool spot with, uh, I believe it's, man,
2: who was it that she hit that on? She, she had a huge tornado DDT, uh, in like into a chair. I think that was Candace that she hit that on. Uh, but it was... Beautiful. Yes, It was a,
0: super beautiful. Very good move. Uh, Rhea Ripley also hits a huge like like tower power bomb mm. uh, from the uh, the middle rope or the the top rope rather, um, you know, which is followed up by uh, Bianca Belair who goes for a massive four fifty. Uh, she hits the four fifty and then face plants herself into some of the steel chairs lying below. Indeed. Um, Dakota Kai is up next, um, you know, but as she's leaving the cage. Where the war games participants are locked in, she starts walking down the entrance ramp, and then she just her emotions changed right on a dime, and then she goes and attacks her former best friend and tag team partner, Tegan Knox. Yeah, brutalizes her
2: brutal attack. brutal uh, She she hits her with a with a running boot uh, back into the cage. Yes, and then drags her like her leg halfway out of the doorway and starts slamming the cage door on her knee about. 40 million times it seemed like. Mm-hmm. It was very brutal. Uh and uh Dakota Kai had to be uh escorted out of the ring.
0: Yes, she was or out of the stadium, I guess. Yeah, she she attacked William Regal and then got reprimanded to the back. Um you know, so ha- as you can tell, uh you know, uh, Shayna Baszler uh was very happy about this and she was out next. Uh and she kind of made this the sign with her hands for for everybody in the live audience. Um, you know, it, it, she goes four to one, or mm-hmm. four to two, rather. Um, and, and you know, look, Tegan Knox, you know, was was then eventually called off of of the match. She could not compete after that brutal attack by Dakota Kai. Mm-hmm. Um, Shayna enters the match and she tries to handcuff Rhea Ripley to the ropes, but uh, but uh, Candice LeRae makes the save. Again, I'm I'm doing very minimal notes here, folks. A right, lot, right. There's a lot of stuff that happens here yes. in this match. Um, Bianca Belair at one point uses her hair as a whip on Rhea Ripley, uh, but Candice again makes the save with a kendo stick. Uh, you know, repetitive kendo stick shots. Io uh, starts heading up the cage, followed by Candice and um, uh, Kaylee Ray. Uh, Candice hits a poisoned rana, spiking Ray on her head. Eo uh, then uh, hits a huge moonsault from the top of the cage on top of uh, Candice LeRae and Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhea then has uh, uh, some huge chair shots on Shayna Baszler. Uh, hits a um, uh, she hits uh Kaylee Ray, who is going to make the save, she's running through the. I guess th- over the course of the two rings, she was running through there, uh, and she was going to like I guess jump off the top rope. Mm-hmm. Uh, she eats a trash can instead. The whole thing, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, pretty crazy. Uh, Shayna then locks in the uh, clutch on Rhea Ripley. Rhea counters by handcuffing herself to Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. The other, the other cuff was loose, you see. <laughs> uh, uh Rhea starts uh, nailing Shayna with some kicks and then uh, Shayna tries to counter with a kick of her own. Rhea ducks and then is able to uh, hit the rip tide onto two uh, set up uh, chairs and get the win. Yes. Yes. Very, very good opening start match here. I very much enjoyed this. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there were a lot of, lot of different layers to it,
2: you know, uh... For me, I think the the biggest, the best performers of the match would be Rhea Ripley, uh, of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, Io Shirai is always amazing. Yeah. And Bianca Belair was yes. phenomenal in this match. Phenomenal. Yes. And I don't think Bianca gets enough credit because she's insanely talented and she actually has a really good showing uh, on, you know, tonight because yeah. they, they did War Games Saturday mm. and now it's, it's sunday, sunday yeah. you know uh, she has a really, a really good showing on at survivor series as well um but yeah she she was phenomenal in this match
0: yes i absolutely agree um we have some i, I feel like I feel like every woman played her part in this match. Yeah, even down to Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, who even weren't in the match. You know, they they you know built up a huge feud That's something that I think was needed to be done a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, I, I think they were saying that this has been something that's been in the works for a while now. So, I mean, this is uh, this is was a very very big match, and I I would actually put it up there with some of the uh, the best women's matches. In NXT history, if not WWE history, yep. really, I completely mean, if, agree. I, I would say it's up there with the the, the Candice and EO match. I would say it's up there with um, possibly even the Sasha and Bailey matches it, it, for NXT. Mm-hmm. Very, very good, very good stuff. Yeah. Uh, we then had a number one contenders match uh, to Adam Cole's NXT title at Survivor Series. A Damian Priest takes on Killian Dane takes on Pete Dunn. So I felt that this was a very typical three-way matchup here. Um, a lot of big spots, a, a very hard-hitting match, yes. uh, to, to say the least. Um, I felt as though at times it ran a little bit long or that they could have finished the match earlier, but I think that there was an intended purpose with this here, because um, with there being only really four matches on the card, I think they wanted to make sure that the crowd got their money's worth out of this, and it was actually uh, better than what I really expected out of it, to be perfectly honest here. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said,
2: it, it did run a little bit long for my taste, um, but what I did like about it is that we got you know what we expect from these guys, and that's a good match, and with their you know particular styles with you know, done doing the doing all the, the finger manipulation and, and bruiserweight stuff, Killian Dane going in with like some of the the crazy big power bombs and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then um j- just right off the bat, like I'm not very familiar with Damian Priest. Uh, I think this might be like the first or second match that I've ever seen him in, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um but for being such a large guy, he's very agile, has yes. has some really solid like kick work and things like that. Yes. Uh, so I mean really good showing for one of the first, if not the first matches that I've seen him in.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Um, you know, there there were some some interesting spots here, uh, particularly, and, and I don't know if anybody caught this. I haven't seen anybody talk about it. Mm. Uh, Killian Dane, like, starts using the one-winged angel. Yes. Like, very strange. Almost twice. Almost twice. Yeah. He, he he nailed it once and then went for it again. Um so, yeah, I mean, hey, look, you have more power to you. Maybe I've missed that. I don't know. I I don't know. I, I hadn't seen that happen before um, from him, but uh, who knows? Yeah. Um, very interesting, though. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like um, as far as everything else is concerned, um, Pete Dunne, the finish comes when Pete Dunne counters Dane's one-winged angel attempt uh, with a sleeper hold. Uh, Dane then does a sit-out Centon. Uh, trying to stack Dunn on top of Damian Priest. Um, Dunn stays upright, however, and then shoves Dane, or Dunn, yeah, Dunn stays upright. I don't know if I messed that up or not. Um, And then shoves Dane out of the ring and gets the pin on Priest for the win. Mm -hmm. Um, I I feel as though with this match in particular, it reminded me a lot of the WrestleMania 30 main event Mm. with Pete Dunn showing a lot of flashes of Daniel Bryan being the much smaller man uh, between these two. Yeah, yeah. Um and like I said, you could try. You could definitely tell that they were trying to extend the match as far as they could to kill time. Um, but I mean, nonetheless, this was a very good match. They could have ended the match a few different times. I think. Yeah. Um, and I I really did think that Dunn was the right guy to face Adam Cole at Survivor Series.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, it, it definitely had some different. What I liked about this match is that it had a lot of layers to it. You know, like, there would be times when Dunn takes a crazy, crazy bump and he's kind of out of the match for a little bit and you get this nice big man match with Killian Dane, and Damian Priest. But then, out of nowhere, Pete Dunn comes back in and the match kind of picks up a little bit more with with more agility and, and big kicks and moves and things like that. Uh but yeah, man, it, it was just really, really solid. You know, it it had, like you said, the kind of lull spots where it's like, okay, let's kind of pick this up. But then they did, and I really liked the finish. It kind of came out of nowhere, so it was good.
0: I liked it. Yeah, I think, I think it was a solid match for sure. Uh, like I said, definitely better than I expected, and uh, yeah, good on them. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, let me see here. Uh next match on the card, uh Matt Riddle takes on Finn Balor in something of a dream match really.
2: Yeah, um, I mean for for the two of us, we, whenever we first heard about this match, we were like, "Oh shit, this yeah. is
0: going to be great." So it, was, it was a very, very good one. They gave it the whole uh video package treatment. Uh you know, it was it was shot kind of like UFC style with both men getting like some profiles in. Um, Balor says he wants to embarrass Riddle. Riddle says he's the bro. You get the idea. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was definitely shot well, for sure. Uh, both men got a very good reception uh, for the match, and it, this was quite interesting. I mean, you'd expect with Finn Balor, you know... Uh, you know, he would be flying around and doing all sorts of stuff. Uh, this looks like a very different Finn Balor. He looks like he's put on a little bit more weight, a little mm-hmm. bit more muscle. He's fucking ripped. Yeah. It's he's, crazy. He's very, he's, he's, he, he's, he looks significantly larger now. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know if that's just optics or what that is, but he does look bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- he started using a lot more of a technical base, mm-hmm. um, which just goes to show how brilliant of a wrestler he is, that he's got these different move sets uh, and, and different reserves that he can dip into depending on what kind of character and what he's trying to portray. Right, which I think was a really smart move going up against Matt Riddle,
2: who who's a very, very good grappler. And so seeing right out the get-go that Finn Balor can kind of step up and, you know, go toe-to-toe with him in that aspect was kind of cool to see.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Lots of good countering moves, especially towards the end. Uh, Basically, the finish comes where Finn uh, fires up with a double stomp and a sling blade, but Riddle hits a spear, and the bro hammer... Bro, hammer. Ah. Um, uh, Balor counters with uh, Balor actually counters out of uh, Riddle hitting the Bro Derek, um, and instead hits an inverted uh, inverted nineteen sixteen. Uh, Riddle then fires up uh, again. It hits the Bro to sleep. Uh, goes for uh, what Morrow called the floating Bro, and I think that's like an attempted like um, I don't know, maybe like an attempted like Phoenix Splash or something like that. Mm. Um. Uh, Balor though counters, uh, goes for the double stomp. Matt Riddle counters, locks in the bro mission, and starts rolling, uh, Balor, uh, back in and around. Uh, Riddle then goes for another ripcord knee, uh, uh, on Balor, but it gets countered into the 1916 by Finn for the win. Mm-hmm. Overall, I thought it was a very, very good match. Uh, went just over, uh, you know, just over 14 minutes. Very, very solid though. Yeah. Um, let me just get this out of the way. The match was
2: good. It was a good match. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I actually and, and this this almost pains me to say, but I like the triple threat a little bit more, honestly. Um Really. Yes. Uh so and, and maybe this is just me like putting this match up on a pedestal and really like expecting something just bonkers out of it. But I don't know, man. It it really felt like they got into maybe second gear maybe third gear and then just kind of stayed there and then they went yeah. back and forth back and forth some some counters here and there and then the match ended and i don't know for for me i guess i was just expecting a little bit more it was still hmm. a fun match
0: hmm. i you know i was definitely entertained it's just i don't know i don't know i mean i i i actually thought the opposite i thought i liked it more than the triple threat Um, I thought it was very good. Both men looked really impressive. Mm. Uh, Riddle proved that he belonged in the ring with Finn, that's importantly. Uh, I will say that I think Riddle loses too much. And to be perfectly honest, um, uh, I mean, I really would have wanted him to win this match. Uh, but Finn winning here, I feel is ultimately the right decision because he's got to, I guess, establish himself again. Being in NXT, it they, they want to give you the the facade of this is a new brand. You know, this is even though it's not new, this is th- this is him reestablishing himself back in this new environment, right? Right. Um, and uh, I guess ultimately here's to hoping that Matt Riddle can have a resurgence somehow and get a run at either the North American title or the NXT title sometime in 2020.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely agree with you about uh, about Matt Riddle, you know, losing a little bit too much. Uh, I think with, with Matt Riddle, he's he's just so over that <laughs> they don't really even have to worry about, you know, his, his wins and losses, I think is the main problem here. Uh, I would like to see him win a lot more and get a lot more opportunities because he... He's amazing and definitely deserves that. But I, I think that that's what we're talking about here is is he's just so over that you know losing to Finn, losing to this person.
0: It's really not that big of a deal. You yes. Know? No. I mean, I, I definitely, I can definitely see your point on that. Um, but but here is what we've all come. To uh, war games to see. Yes. Yes. Or, or at least a lot of us. Yeah. The men's war game match, uh, the main event of the show. Uh, Undisputed Era takes on Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, and of course, a mystery fourth man. Yes. Now, Tommaso Ciampa put out a tweet saying that they had contacted a fourth person. They weren't sure if he's going to show up. Um, you know, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, I. I, I I had no idea. I think there there were rumors going around all day. You know, I I, I thought it could be anybody from Velveteen to Champa, not to Jampa. Champa's already there. Velveteen to Gargano. It's uh, like a fiend Bray Wyatt situation. Yeah, he he, he clones himself. Yeah. You see, <laughs> uh, no uh, Velveteen Gargano. I mean, there were rumors all day about it was going to be John Morrison, which I thought well, that was very um, out of left field. Um, yeah. What, what's the basis for that? there's a belief that he got signed to WWE uh a month or two ago gotcha uh but he's yet to make a debut you would imagine that a signing like his he's either um going to be on screen very very quickly uh based on his profile and his past work with WWE mm-hmm. or uh you know maybe he did sign but he's backstage yeah yeah you know i don't know it could go either way it really could um uh, however, uh, Tomasa Ciampa comes out with his old school psycho killer uh, mask on. So, if you remember Tomasa Ciampa from the indie scene, you know he he came out with uh, the psycho killer mask. Um, you know, he was uh, definitely defiant in the face of undisputed area. He marched down. He marched down the ring. The match started with uh, him and Roderick Strong. They had a, a a pretty solid first five minutes before Kyle O'Reilly came into the match. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we do want to mention, yeah, WWE took our suggestion about the rule change. Ah, yes. If you go back to the very first episode of Headlock Talk. One of the first, uh, the a proto, if wishes were fishes, mm. um, you that's know. true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we asked that maybe they reduce the time durations from five minutes for each release down to only three minutes. Right. So the first,
2: like, uh, whenever it's just the first two guys, that's five minutes until the first person gets let in. But then every other entrant after that is three minutes, and uh, that one's
0: free. WWE, you're welcome. You can have that one on us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, solid. Um, you know, Kyle O'Reilly comes into the ring. Uh, and, and Kyle O'Reilly and Roger Strong really, in my opinion, are one of the most underestimated uh, tag teams in, in, in NXT. And I, I wish that they were still the ones who had... The tag team titles yeah, um, yeah nothing against bobby fish but i i liked the t te- the 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 matchup that uh, uh roderick strong kyla Riley, they have very unique skill sets each of them and they complemented each other very very well definitely um beyond that though i mean yeah i thought it was a very very solid match nonetheless yeah i mean th- this match was like spots after spots after spots
2: just just craziness there was a good amount of weapons yeah lots of tables yes which we finally got
0: <laughs> yeah D- Jack came out after kyle o'reilly mm. um you know he he kind of i don't think he initiated the, the the weaponry necessarily but he definitely came in and made himself a weapon right right you know uh <laughs> he he started throwing around big kicks big strikes you know he was very very good uh, Bobby Fish came out, you know, ultimately, and uh, uh, after Dijak, Uh you know, obviously Undisputed Era does what they do best. They work like a well-oiled machine, um, especially considering Roderick Strong had the most amount of baby oil on him that I've ever seen in a matchup. Slippery like an eel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was very shiny. <laughs> that is one way of putting it, yes. Yeah. Uh, Keith Lee... Obviously, comes out of uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 cage uh, for uh, Tommaso Champa's team, and yeah, he's he's doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Like this is this this is like the opening of Keith Lee's crazy awesome weekend, right, right, right. And uh, it starts off with him doing a leapfrog over both Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, who are springed off the ropes. Um and, and then he does like a like a double cross body on him, uh, crazy crazy move. Uh, Adam Cole looked a little bit worried, and uh, yeah, eventually undisputed you know, era again. The pack mentality kind of evened up the odds. Mm-hmm. Adam Cole came out last, and that's where the tables got involved. Steven. yes, yes. So he's bringing in like table after table after table after table after table. Yeah, sets up one on the guardrail. Champa catches him. Six tables. Six tables. Something like that. Yeah. Tommaso Ciampa, he catches up with Adam Cole. And like before Cole could even get in the ring, uh, Ciampa shoves him off of the apron, I guess. Mm -hmm. And Cole goes through the table on the guardrail. So so there you
2: go. That spot was kind of funny because that was the first table that Adam Cole set up. And uh, even like right after he set it up, I'm like, you know, the match is. going on in there yeah, it's, right it's it's over there yeah it's over there, it's like, over there. Uh, i
0: don't know why you're setting that up but then they they, they showed us they, why, they, why they gave you the explanation <laughs> yeah yeah um uh, team champa attempts to make one final stand once adam cole gets back in the ring uh, they you know they're getting beaten down that the, the four on three matchup is is looking insurmountable mm-hmm. right um so ultimately uh the 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 clock comes back up on the screen starts counting down from 10 and then goes all the way to 1 and there's nobody there
2: undisputed era is very happy about yeah, this yeah
0: they're like hey you know we're you know we're undisputed era we're doing our thing yeah no living, one's coming living big yeah yeah doing it big and then kevin owens music hits yes. and the crowd went wild Man. one of the loudest pops that I can remember at a WWE show in recent memory absolutely yeah no like they've freaking lost their minds <laughs> yeah and he comes out fired up mm. and this is a great callback actually to uh to raw it, it, it you actually earned something by watching raw yes yeah you, you you got to see that Kevin Owens is is coming back to get his revenge on Adam Cole and the rest of undisputed era mm-hmm. so he comes in on fire uh, K.O.'s just cleaning house. Uh, he has a stare down with Adam Cole. Cole tries to make amends, throws up the Undisputed Era sign. Kevin Owens tries to figure it out with his hands. He doesn't know how to do it. So he instead tells Adam Cole to suck it. Yeah. Yeah. Good good job there. <laughs> <laughs> um, K.O., this is also another great callback. K.O. then goes for the stunner on uh, Adam Cole. Uh, who uh, blocks it, then goes for the super kick, KO blocks it, catches his foot, spins him around, and hits the stunner. Mm. Now, shot for shot, this is almost identical to WrestleMania 14 with Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes. I thought this was a very interesting touch.
1: Yeah,
2: no, I mean, that's that's the kind of, uh, it's very fan servicey. But, but, in a yes. good way, it, it's not like throwing it into your face or shoving it down your throat. It's just like, hey, you remember that? Yeah, you know, yeah,
0: remember remember when we did that? Yeah, that not the thing. <laughs>
2: we did that. Hey, yeah. no, uh, that spot, unfortunately, was spoiled for me. Yeah, I, I saw it on the Reddits, and uh, but
0: before you even watched the show, before I even watched
2: the show, I, um. I should have known better, uh, whatever. It it, it would have been awesome for me to have that that crazy moment of like, oh, my freaking God, it's Kevin Owens. Mm -hmm. Um, But even going into the match, I I knew that Kevin Owens was going to be in it. And he still, you know, it's Kevin Owens. He still impressed me. He still had a great, great showing. Right,
0: right. Uh, I'll touch on a few more spots and then you know we'll we'll get to the finish and the overall thoughts of it here before moving on to Survivor Series because I, I know we got a lot of show to do, you guys. Yes. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, Keith Lee hits a crazy crossbody block from the top rope onto literally everybody. Yes. In the match, literally everybody. Um. You know. Um. Afterwards, uh, Roderick Strong gets a crazy strength spot of his own by doing a super Olympic slam onto Keith Lee from the top rope. Uh, uh, Kevin Owens, uh, he's taking on Adam Cole in the the middle part between the rings. He sets it up to almost hit the package pile driver on Adam Cole, mm-hmm. and if you remember Kevin Owens from way back in the day, uh, pre WWE, you get hit with the package pile driver by Kevin Owens. You're it. You're you're done. You're, you're finito. Right. Right. Finished. Dead. You're you're dead. He's dead. dead. He's God. <laughs> um, however, uh, I guess Adam Cole counters it, um, super kicks him, then goes for a Panama Sunrise, and he's he's about to, to, to hit it. Um, Kevin Owens blocks once, he blocks it twice, and then ultimately Adam Cole gets the leverage, flips him over, spikes Kevin Owens on his head onto that metal grating there. Crazy looking Panama Sunrise.
2: Yeah, good um, use of the grate. For yes.
0: sure, all the tables get set up uh, progressively uh, after this uh, spot here. Mm. Uh, Champa hits uh, Project Champa on Kyle O'Reilly, um, then gives uh, running knees to him, Roderick Strong, uh, Fish, and then Adam Cole. Okay, Cole and Champa then uh, start to battle up near the top rope, and then Cole starts heading towards the top of the cage. Dominic Dijakovic then uh, choke slams Roderick Strong through a table. Uh, he looks to do the same to Kyle O'Reilly after hulking up. He gets stuck into a submission. Kyle O'Reilly returns to us, uh, Not Kyle O'Reilly, but rather Kevin Owens mm-hmm. uh, returns to assist um, by frog splashing uh, Kyle O'Reilly, who was then perched onto the table, still grasping that submission onto Dijakovic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he gets uh, frog splashed through a table. Keith Lee then power bombs Bobby Fish through a table from the top rope, and then the exclamation point on top of everything as Chompa and Adam Cole battle up at the top, Chompa picks up Adam Cole into the air raid position and falls backwards. Mm-hmm. Gently squeezing, holding Adam Cole's head in his hands. Mm-hmm. Looks down at the tables as they're falling away, and they go through two tables. Yes, all the way down to the ring. Yes, from the top of the cage. Mm-hmm. It was breathtaking. It was, it was glorious. A great spot. Mm-hmm. Very dangerous, but it was great nonetheless. And Chompas just lays back on Adam Cole, and the ref counts one, two, three. Indeed, that Indeed. was
2: it. Yeah. No, I mean this match was uh, this match was great. Like, yes, like honestly, and that that ending spot what is that move called
0: the air raid the air raid air raid yeah okay is is that like a is that like a thing or is that a chompa thing a, I, I, there's been multiple people who've used it
2: okay okay yeah well yeah. anyways it was glorious and yeah. uh not to steal your thunder on this but I, I know you mentioned this uh like as it was happening chompa being uh being a, a victim of you know neck injuries and having to be out with neck surgery he fell With Adam Cole in the safest possible way yes and it it was really really nice because the way he landed it it could have been
0: horrible it could
2: have been but Ciampa landed him right on his back perfectly yes it was great
0: yeah it was it was wonderful uh we get a shot of B Priestley there at ringside (laughs) you know who gets uh shouted out by Morrow Britt Baker Britt Baker, I'm sorry. Mm. I'm all over the place today. That's okay. You know, this is why I stopped drinking Red Bulls. Because <laughs> you know, My is going at a million miles an this hour. This is why I do drink Red Bull. Oh, goodness, Steve. Sorry. Look, look at that. Look at those pecs. Uh, I know, right? And the flex. Yeah, I mean, they're mostly boobs, but it's okay.
2: It's okay. It's like, it's like a nice A cup.
0: Oh yeah there you go he has got a good handful there, yeah oh, look at that <laughs> um yeah i mean i, I think uh, there will be a segment of uh the the wrestling community who would uh uh rate this match five stars, i mean the case can certainly be made for it um I feel as though it made um while while the story leading up to it uh did not make as good logistics sense as the perhaps um Let's use the Kenny Omega John Moxley match for example. Right, right. As much as that was a much better built story leading up to the match, I feel like the story of the match was better here in War Games because things were intentionally and purposefully made structured in a way. You had these callbacks to Kevin Owens. You had, uh, you know the Tommaso Ciampa Adam Cole, you know, um, you know feud here Mm -hmm. continuing. Uh, you have the callback to uh, what was it, WrestleMania 14? Yeah, yeah, the WrestleMania 14 callback mm-hmm. uh, from from Adam Cole, who specializes in using the super kick, and and Kevin Owens, who specializes in using, you know, the the stunner. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I I think it was very very good, and uh, I think that if anything, this actually makes me feel kind of bad uh, because this goes to show, really, in any other year. Tomaso Champa would have rightfully been in this year's twenty. Uh, rest, uh, I'm sorry, Fantasy Warfare 2019. Yeah, he put yeah. on a fantastic performance in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, great, I, I really, I really, really liked it. Um, so yeah, just, just, just my thoughts on it here. Yeah, I
2: mean, if if Champa didn't get, you know, if he didn't have to be out with the neck injury for for neck surgery and things like that, he absolutely would be in our Fantasy Warfare. I mean, you you guys have been listening to us for a long time big fans of Champa here at Headlock Talk big fans absolutely and uh i mean it it was really hard to sit through those 9 months of, of not having Champa but he came back he's looking better than ever and uh it, it's it's really cool to see him just be like hey you remember me like th-
0: this is why you love me you know what i mean so it was really cool yeah 100% um you know i thought this was a very very good show i highly recommend everybody check it out and watch it absolutely um and then there's Survivor Series. Yes. <laughs> Which I really looked forward to. I thought with a lot of these these add-ons here, uh, I thought it would be a very, very good show. Um, team NXT was finally announced, uh, both the men's and women's team post-show. Um, team NXT for the women's match would be Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Candice LeRae, Io Shirai, and Tony Storm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we actually even though this was announced and a lot of people were like, well, we don't know, you know, all all of like, you know, the, um, <coughs> newsletters out there, uh, <laughs> we're, we're talking about, well, we, we don't know who's going to be in the NXT women's
2: match. We, we don't know.
0: And then what is that voice? Uh, uh you know, somebody's, um, <laughs> um, but, <I> suppose. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we saw, all five women there on SmackDown the night before, you know, the, just uh, just the night before. Mm-hmm. So you could already infer that we knew what the women's uh, five on five on five <laughs> NXT team would be. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was easy to see right there. There were five of them. Mm-hmm. It's it doesn't take much thought here, you guys. So, yeah, I mean, go ahead, Stephen.
2: <laughs> This is mean. <laughs> WWE thinks we're dumb. Well, yeah. So I mean, uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna hammer it home like, oh, who
0: could it be? And it's like, right, it it, it it's them. Right. Duh. Right. Like, no. Well, it's it's them. Right. We 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 get that, but then we're told. By numerous outlets, but we don't know who it's gonna be. They never said anything. You just take a wild guess, guys. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah, a- anybody really. Yeah. Um. Anyways, <laughs> anyway, though, yes, thank you, Stephen. <laughs> um. So we got that, and then Shawn Michaels then announced on the pre-show that uh, Team NXT for the men's match would be Tommaso Ciampa, Damian Priest, Matt Riddle, and Keith Lee. Oh, oh, and one more other guy yes the the ring general himself mm. Walter. yes and the chicago crowd was very very happy to hear this dude there were Walter chants like the entire time like like the, almost the whole night yeah which is crazy <laughs> because
2: that crowd was very dead for a lot of the show yeah
0: you they killed the crowd mm-hmm. they, they they killed the crowd and you know what the the commentary in all honesty and i hate Uh, you know just like openly taking shots like this but the commentary team was was killing me it It was abysmal through through the whole entire night Uh, i think that everybody (laughs) with exception of nigel mcginnis should be fined (laughs) (laughs) if not fired damn (laughs) It was abysmal commentary.
2: It, it, it was very bad.
0: From Jerry the King Lawler just burying NXT mm. most of the night, who's, who goes on and wins all these matches, why don't you just be like, oh man, wow, you, you really wouldn't have expected from a developmental you know system that you, you've got these these guys and girls winning all these matches. This is crazy. Yeah, no, and, and, and I, go ahead. I get that they're supposed to be feuding brands and everything, but... But why does the commentary team have to feud with each other?
2: Right, right. This
0: makes no sense.
2: No, I think that's the biggest thing for it. I I mean, for me, the commentary team should just be...
0: Unbiased.
2: Unbiased, impartial, just commentating what they're seeing. Not necessarily being like, okay, this is the position you're going to take for the rest of the night. And you need to commentate from that position. I I think, you you know... WWE does have a lot of very talented commentators at their disposal. If they would just stop feeding them lines and stop telling them, oh, you need to you need to say this or you need to think this, yes. they would actually have some really solid commentary because yes. those people are talented. It's just you, you're trying to tell the story in the ring, also with the commentators, and then they just end up saying the same boilerplate crap over and over again. Yes. And and then you have things like Jerry Lawler saying every NXT superstar is cheating yeah. in every win that they had that night and it's yeah. like no they
0: won the match yeah like like look either either every match the way that it was that was told to you either AEW not AEW well maybe 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 <laughs> NXT rather either every NXT star was either uh, either weak or cheating yeah, there was no in between, mm-hmm. right? Like nobody was impressive, you know, from NXT. Nobody was, you know, n- there was nothing, none of that, I- except for when Nigel McGuinness called the matches.
2: Yeah, no, the, the the closest thing we got to that is I didn't expect that.
0: Yeah, and it's like, Why well, of not, course, because you don't fucking watch the show. <laughs> You're very mad. Uh, I'm uh, look. I think you're sweating a little bit yes <laughs> i will i will i will say this if i had muted the tv i would feel a hundred times happier mm, if mm. i had muted the tv yeah. or if we had switched to portuguese i think i would have been a hundred and i don't even speak portuguese <laughs> no it, it was
2: very very rough and you know i i commented on the fact that the crowd was really dead all night um and uh i don't know it's it's really hard to kill the kill the vibe in the live arena and at home.
0: Yes. And
2: somehow they did that.
0: Yeah, uh, and that's all on commentary. Yeah. Now, had I had I muted the TV or switched to Portuguese or switched to Portuguese, what we would have seen in the five on five on five opening match, uh, the women's elimination match for Survivor Series, we would have seen uh, Team NXT. Actually, do a fairly good job. Uh, uh, team raw and team smackdown actually, everybody who p- participated, uh, did a fairly good job. Um, and it was a fairly enjoyable, if, if nothing else, um, I mean, uh, uninspiring match. I mean, it was, it was average, it was fine, nothing crazy happened. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, uh, basically, it boils down to Candice LeRae and Io Shirai were taken out, taken out of the match and took, uh, I guess, uh, taken to the back because mm-hmm. there was some mishap that happened that we didn't see on screen. Thanks, Kevin Dunn. Um, <laughs> and essentially, they never were eliminated. They come back to the match later. When it's down to Rhea Ripley and Sasha Banks, and then Jerry the King Lawler talks about how NXT's cheating, even though uh, technically speaking, Candace and EO were never eliminated from the match. Right. So
2: I mean that that just goes goes down to if they're they're taken out of the match, or let me let me say this: if they're escorted backstage because of a medical problem, but then they're medically able to continue the match, are they eliminated? Are they
0: taken out of the match? Who knows? I don't know. I've seen plenty of Survivor Series and plenty of other matches where if somebody's taken to the back, they can always return. Yeah. Well, Michael Cole says no. Well, apparently Jerry the King Lawler also says no, yeah. but I've seen the rule book. I've I've watched this for over 20 years.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: And no, I've I mean, seen it happen multiple times.
2: Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you that it was really strange and plus, you know, there, there's this big spot with, with Rhea Ripley and Sasha Banks going back and forth. They're, they're actually having a really solid, you know, little spot going. Yeah. And then Candice and Io run out, and everyone's like, oh, shit, NXT's going to mop the floor. Yeah. And then they just kind of stand by the apron yeah. and don't really do much. I the, guess they distract Sasha so that Rhea can hit the riptide.
0: Yeah, um, um, the, I think Candice does distract the referee at some point, mm-hmm. which is dumb because the referee should have known yeah, they weren't eliminated. Right? Well,
2: I mean, the referee wasn't doing anything in the match anyway, so it's yeah. like distracting him means nothing.
0: Yeah, he he literally lets everything go. Yeah, like he he's just like, okay, well, people just come in and out as they go. Like yeah. th- this is like, uh, well, there,
2: there's literally a spot halfway through the match where every single person enters the ring, like every single one, one after another, and and yeah. me and you were just looking at each other like.
0: Where is the ref? Yeah, like the, <laughs> the, the ref must have like watched a montage of Lucha Bros tag matches and was like, oh, they're not tagging? This is all fine. Yeah. I'm just going to... You know what? This is cool. I'm Lucha ta- rules. Fuck it. I'm taking five. I'm going to smoke a cigarette, yeah. and you guys can just have fun here in the ring. Yeah. You know. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I will say on a positive note, the, the the finish was correct. Yes. This was the right finish. NXT should have won this match. NXT, um, you know, uh, takes a lead for the night um, as far as all these polls are concerned. You know, we're, we're, we're keeping a counter, apparently. Yes. Uh, for Raw, for SmackDown, for NXT wins. And the pre-show counts. And the pre-show's counted. So uh, there were three pre-show matches. Um, oddly enough, they put the Viking Raiders, New Day, and Undisputed Era match on the pre-show. I was really looking forward to that. Bonkers. Um, Bonkers that that's on the pre show. Yeah. Um, Viking Raiders won that match for Raw. Um, uh, let me see here. There's two other ones. Uh, Leo Rush won his match uh, for NXT against Akira Tozawa and Kalisto. Mm. Uh, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. And then uh, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode uh, won uh, this. Um, I-, I really don't know what this is a 10 team interbrand tag team battle royal. Sweet. Sweet. I hate Battle Royals. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just me.
2: Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to be fair, I didn't see that match. So, I mean, it, it could have been just God's gift to, to professional wrestling, but <laughs> who knows?
0: Roderick, Roderick <laughs> Strong, the NXT North American champion, took on AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. It, in what was actually, it was a very good match. It did not live up to the five-star expectations that they had for it initially. Mm-hmm. But it was still a very, very good match. I, I would still argue that it was um, uh, either this or the next match on the card were the best ones that uh, were on offer that night. Um, I mean, this is exactly what you would expect from from these three individuals. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll leave it at that because, you know... Uh, the, Despite everything else from the last match, the first, uh, the opening match that made me furious, yeah, this was actually fine. No, no, it was this it was, was really this good. Was actually, ve- yeah, very good. Yeah, it was very good. Um,
2: I mean, I'm sitting right at around like three and a half, maybe even three and three quarters. It was a really, really yeah. solid match. Um, I think in in here, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura looked like a freaking beast. Yeah, like, he, he, he looked so so good in this match.
0: All three men had a, had a, actually a, a very. Uh, In times and in segments of this match, they all really shone. And I think that's really what counts here, Mm -hmm. right? Like, all of them actually had a chance to really show off their talents. And, you know, Roderick Strong stole a pin from AJ Styles. Like, AJ went and hit the phenomenal form on Shinsuke, you know, and I was going to get the pin. But Roderick Strong threw AJ out of the ring and kind of stole one. And that's actually perfectly within character of of Roderick Strong. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he did not have to cheat to win. He was just being smart. That's all. You know, he he did what he had to do. And, and all three men actually performed a very, very good match, I thought. Um, up next, we had Adam Cole taking on Pete Dunne uh, for the NXT Championship. Uh, this match actually went a little bit over 14 minutes. And um, again, just like uh, with the previous match here, uh, I thought it was uh, certainly... You know, a match of the night contender. Uh, Yeah. You know, uh, very, very good. Um, A lot of really awesome hope spots from Pete Dunne here. Adam Cole was exactly who you wanted Adam Cole to be. Mm -hmm. Both portrayed that they were very beat up. Um, with uh, Pete Dunne heavily taping up his knee, Adam Cole heavily taping up his ribs. Yeah,
2: they they both sold the their injuries like crazy, and, and I think because of that, told a very very solid in ring story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 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 thing that I really like about these last two matches, and I think you'll agree with me, Tanner, mm-hmm. on this, is you know we've been talking uh, a lot you know, about WWE and the crazy talent that they have on their roster. And, you know, a lot of these guys that, that were in, you know, New Japan or, or anything like that, we know they're insanely talented. Right. Right. But they get put in these matches, they get put in these storylines, There's shenanigans in their matches and they never just let the guys go. Right. Right. They, they, they never let them do what we know they know how to do. Right. But in these last two matches, that is exactly what we got. They gave
0: them full license to go out in there and do what they do, and that—that that is what I want. It was a breath of fresh air. It, it was really, really awesome to see. It was so good that it drowned out the rest of the awful commentary. Really, yes, hundred yes. um, percent.
2: I mean, the, these two matches uh, for me are undeniably the best matches on the card, just because, like I said, they're like, hey, y'all know what you're mm-hmm. doing, go do it, mm-hmm. you know.
0: And, and like you said, it's a breath of fresh air. It was so nice. The the closing moments of the match here included uh, Adam Cole hitting a Panama Sunrise onto uh, you know the apron. Mm-hmm. You know uh, Pete Dunne collapsed, barely made it back into the ring for the ten count, but he was defiant. He attempted the bitter end, but he got countered into another Panama Sunrise by Adam Cole and a last shot mm-hmm. uh, for Adam Cole to take the win. Um, I would love to see this match run back. I would love to see another Pete Dunne versus Adam Cole match.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, they work really, really well together. And like I said, WWE just let them go. I can't get over that. Like, it's been so long since we were just given a match where it's like, y'all know what you're doing. No shenanigans. Just go have a match. Yeah. You guys are professionals.
0: Yeah, exactly. Go, go for it. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really, really did enjoy that match. Uh, the Universal title match was up next. That was between Daniel Bryan and The Fiend. Uh, hashtag red lights. Hashtag red lights. Yeah, Stephen Steven liked it. I, I like the red lights. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Sue me. <laughs> uh the crowd was largely quiet through most of this match. I think this is this is the point where the crowd started to lost. They were popping for Daniel Bryan because mm-hmm. they, they really wanted to get involved in this match here and you know restart this whole yes movement kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Uh, Daniel Bryan was a, was a madman for most of this match here. Um, though I think the Fiend's matches are um, they're a bit curious. So I, I I myself am a bit curious about how he's going to perform in the Fantasy Warfare 2019 tournament, right? Uh, because I mean he he basically just absorbs all this punishment and then goes and does like sporadic power moves that. You know, uh, are you know they they do a lot of damage, but it's it's all of the psychology about being just terrorizing and intimidating, and he keeps coming back from the dead, and he's he's you know uh, a monster, right? Right, right. And I have a note about that in here as well, um, where
2: I I wrote all of the fiend matches suffer from the same thing. I don't know if "suffer" is the right word, but basically what what I see happening is. Um, They focus very heavily on telling a story and not so heavily on giving a very good wrestling match, which I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, that being said, though, I really like the fiend and I really like his story. And so if nothing else, it was very entertaining, you know, but if I'm going based on, was it a fantastic wrestling match? No, not really. But there were some really cool spots with with the fiend just not dying. There was one spot where Daniel Bryan did bring back the yes chance, yes, and it, the commentary said nothing about
0: it. Nothing. That's a huge Zero. That's a huge character the, development. Moment. The whole video package was built around Daniel Bryan's like, don't get them started about doing this all this yes stuff, right? That's it's dead. I'm past it. I'm beyond that. Whatever. I'm done. He, on SmackDown, there was the teaser where he was going to go for the yes, you know, raising his his arms above his head and pointing to the sky. He was going to go for it. And, you know, the, the Fiend video package, you know, shut everything down, Or right? Right. So, in the match, he backs himself into the corner, and he starts doing the yes. Yep. Right? And the crowd gets probably the loudest that they were the whole entire night. Yeah. They start doing the yes thing with him. Mm-hmm zero note of that made by app by uh, michael cole like he just completely glossed over it yeah and And i don't know if like if it was just like he didn't see it or or understand or he was waiting for vince to say something i don't know right right nobody said anything about that
2: yeah yeah and you know like i said that's a huge huge character moment for for daniel bryan and uh i i mean you know come monday night come you know, uh, Friday night they're gonna they're gonna say something about it for sure, right? Like a hundred percent. But it this just is another example
0: of the commentary team just dropping the ball, right? In, in this pay per view. Well, and please, y'all, if if I'm being overly bitter about this whole pay per view, and and I might be, please let me know. If 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 we are, or if I specifically am, please let me know. But I mean, it's just these little things here that's like this should make sense, and yet you either. Completely disregard it, or you go the opposite way and turn into something that doesn't make sense, yeah,
2: yeah. And you know, like I said, the this match was very story heavy, not very wrestling heavy, I I would say. And if you're gonna make a match like that, tell the freaking story, like you just completely glossed over a very important part. But I'll leave it at that, at the very least, it was a very entertaining match, yes.
0: Um, the following match here is the uh, five on five on five NXT uh, versus Raw versus SmackDown match. Like I said, this one should have closed the show. Just my pro- professional opinion or semi-professional opinion. Well, I mean, uh, it's, it's the survivor unprofessional series. Unprofessional opinion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the Survivor Series match. Yeah, like, that, th- that this that's is Survivor that's, Series. That's what you built the show around. Right? Whatever. Like that's what you did. Oh, okay, all right, fine. I just um, don't want pe-
2: people to think that we're complaining too much, you know. Uh, yeah, like, but I think that
0: this look, I-, I feel as though we're justified in complaining. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, th- they did a lot of stupid stuff on this show that was uh, avoidable. But they, they did, did a lot some of good stuff. Too. They did some good stuff, some really good stuff. Mm-hmm. But they did a lot of dumb stuff, right? This match here, uh, this was a good mix of both. Like, there was a lot of brilliant stuff. But there was some dumb stuff too, right? Like I like the um, like the um, attention to detail that they put in um, earlier on in the evening. Uh, Seth Rollins confronted Kevin Owens and was like, "Look, you, you gotta you gotta be real with me, man. Like, are you part of Raw? Are you part of NXT? I saw the show, right? I know, right? And Kevin Owens was like, "Look, man, I, I like NXT. I love NXT. I love my time there." Uh, Raw needs me a whole lot more than what NXT does, right? Yeah. Um, I was like, ah! Little, little of, ah. <laughs> um, as you can tell, Steven and I are clearly unbiased here about this whole knife. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> um... um yeah, uh, so I mean, you have this whole Kevin Owens thread here. Uh, he was very important, uh, somewhat in the matchup here, or or at least uh, he played a unique role. I think uh, the match started with Ciampa, Rollins, and Ron Strowman here starting things off. Uh, somehow, even though Rollins and Ciampa were you know basically doing the fisticuffs on NXT leading up to this match. They agree to beat up on Braun Strowman instead. Uh, then both men tag out to Walter and Drew McIntyre, uh, respectively. Walter he had major chance throughout the match, or at least his time in the match here, as we would come to see. Uh, you know they uh, they they were double teaming on Strowman, exchanging, uh, and, and then uh, Walter and. McIntyre exchanging chops. Valter looks really, really great. And then out of nowhere, Drew McIntyre hits a Claymore kick and pins Valter. Bullshit. Now, <sighs> look. Volter <laughs> has this title match coming up for NXT UK soon. And in theory, Drew McIntyre should be a quote-unquote bigger star than Valter, whatever that means. Right. Drew McIntyre's not a champion. He's not held a title at all since he was NXT champion years ago, right? Over three years ago, at this point, I think, and it 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 just blows my mind. It look, it, I understand that Walter has this title match against Joe Coffey coming up. Mm-hmm. If Drew McIntyre doesn't like Claymore kick Joe Coffey and takes that title match and does Walter versus Drew McIntyre at this NXT UK Blackpool show, then it's all for nothing. Right. Right. You did this for no good reason, which let me just say on the record, don't do that. Right. I don't want, I mean, I think that not get don't get Drew McIntyre in my NXT, man. Like I, I don't, I don't need it. I think it would be a decent enough match. I think I would like to see it. And if Walter gets his win back, even better. Right. Yeah, yeah. But when is when is Walter gonna have the opportunity to come back and get his win over Drew McIntyre? You've booked him as a monster in NXT for all this time, and I get it, Drew McIntyre, his Claymore kick is deadly but this means nothing. Well, right? it's not even
2: the it the main thing about it for me. Like if Walter got eliminated, that's fine. Right. Like he didn't need to win the whole thing, but it's the fact that he got eliminated first.
0: Right. And seemingly for no reason. Right. And and that makes me question why he was even in the match in the first place. Right. You know, I mean, look, if you wanted to have somebody come in that's a big guy who could get Taken out of the match first, and this is no offense to him. You could have put in Dominic Dijakovic. He yeah. could have easily accomplished the same task, or you could have, you know, it could have been Damien Priest who was in there and gets Claymore kicked, right? Either way, you run the risk of hurting Valter because he was out first and he's supposed to be this unstoppable monster. Right. Everywhere that you see Walter, he's an unstoppable monster. And it took one Claymore kick and he was done. Mm hmm. So, yeah, that's a, it's a bit, yeah, for me. Yeah. Um, the crowd starts chanting bullshit. Uh, deservedly so. Uh, Shorty G, Ricochet, and then uh, Matt Riddle were then in the ring um, uh, after, I guess, Damian Priest got in the ring and then he got out of the ring, right? Um, uh, Shorty G and Riddle actually have some great Matt work, mm-hmm. um, which was really impressive here. Um uh, Kevin Owens then gets tagged in. He's up at the top. He's looking to go for a Frog Splash. Um, and then he chooses to Frog Splash Shorty G instead mm-hmm. of Matt Riddle. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Uh, you'll notice that Kevin Owens, once he gets involved in the match, he doesn't do any kind of um, confrontation with NXT wrestlers, per se. Though, when he runs back into the, the ring and gets onto the apron, Tommaso Ciampa hits him with a DDT. The, the Willow's Bell, and then gets the pin on him.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I found that odd. Very. Especially since they were just on the same team the night before. Um, I thought for a moment, well, this is interesting. Maybe this is like a prearranged thing with Owens and Ciampa. And, um, you know, he, Kevin Owens would lay down for Ciampa, but then come back for NXT, and then they would high-five each other or something like that. Right. Something something creative, even though, even though it's shenanigans, it's something at least thought out and, and creative to an extent, right? Makes sense. Yeah. yeah it yeah. would make sense mm-hmm. based on the storyline that we had earlier in the night, based on Kevin Owens actions. You know, it would be a great callback. It would make sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Spoiler alert. That doesn't happen at all. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Owens is just eliminated. That's it's whatever. It's the past. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, And particularly with it being Champa who eliminates him, found it to be odd. Randy Orton is then in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, And uh, he looks to RKO Chompa, but then Matt Riddle gets involved and pins Orton after Orton eliminates Priest. Right. So, nice little win there. Nice little pinfall for Matt Riddle. Gets Mm -hmm. one over on Randy Orton. This was short-lived, though, as Randy Orton RKO's Riddle afterwards and Baron Corbin pins Riddle. Right. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Corbin got a new shirt. He, he does. He's got some new gear. I like it. Since the last time you've seen him. I like it. Um, I still don't like him. It's been a while for you, I guess, since you've seen old Baron. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, that's uh, not an accident. <laughs> <laughs> I've been purposefully avoiding Baron Corbin matches. Yes, yes. No, that's brilliant.
0: <laughs> uh, so Keith Lee comes in, and he squares off with Braun Strowman. Now... There is a lot that starts happening, right? Bron runs wild. He does his thing outside the ring, yada yada yada. Right? You get the you get the idea. He starts running over people.
2: Yeah, the the, the thing.
0: Yeah, the I'm going around the world thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? Strowman, uh, ele- <laughs> he gets eliminated because he goes he, he after doing the around the world once, he goes for it twice, and then he gets Claymore kicked <laughs> by Drew McIntyre and gets counted out. Look, <laughs> you guys better have something really good planned for Drew McIntyre.
1: Because right.
0: before Monday, he was falling off the face of the earth, and now his Claymore kick is the hottest move in all professional wrestling. He's ending lives yeah. with his Claymore kick. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's destroying families <laughs> <laughs> with Claymore kicks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you better do something big with him. Uh, Ricochet's then in the ring. Um uh, let me see here. Hold on, Steven. Alright. I had to do some adjustments there. Uh Ricochet, Corbin, and McIntyre are now all legal in the ring. Corbin uh hits the end of days on Ricochet. That's you know uh you were you were you were commenting on his gear, by the way. Oh Ricochet? Yeah, Ricochet, he's he's got some
2: he's either Nightwing or Deadpool. Yeah. Or some weird combination of the two. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> Ricochet just makes me sad nowadays because he's like he's so good, and they just put him in this stupid gimmick. I don't know. It just makes me sad.
0: Yeah, his his gear, um, uh, interesting. Yeah, very interesting.
2: His best gear is white and gold. <laughs> that that the first gear that
0: he had when he first came to uh, Raw, the the white and gold gear. It's That's fair enough. They, they they think he's Seth Rollins from like. 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, or at least five, five years ago, hmm. whatever. Um, <laughs> he's, he's like, well, just put him in a bodysuit. That'll be fine. The kids will love it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let me see here. Uh, so when we have Rollins, Mustafa Ali, and Tommaso Ciampa all-eagle. Rollins hits the stomp on Ali after Corbin complains to Ali about God knows what. (laughs) You can tell from all of this, Roman Reigns, who's had several verbal exchanges with Baron Corbin throughout the match because they both think they're the leader. Right. Um, you can tell that Roman is getting very tired of Baron Corbin's bullshit. Uh, and and rightfully so because so was I at the time.
3: Yeah, I mean yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so they're arguing on the outside. Uh, Roman gets back in the ring and Spears drew McIntyre pins him. There you Sweet. Go. Uh, so bye bye Drew. Uh, Rollins and Roman started going at it. Um. <laughs> Uh, Roman then spears Baron Corbin uh, because Baron Corbin, as I wrote here in the notes, is a piece of shit. And <laughs> Chompa eliminates Corbin.
2: <laughs> accurate. accurate.
0: <laughs> Rollins and Reigns think they're the shield again. Yes. Um, and they go for the shield bomb on Champa on the outside. But if you've kept track of all my notes here so far, we have Rollins, Reigns... Uh, Champa and Keith Lee left, uh, so they try to go for the shield bomb on Champa, but Keith Lee breaks it up. Champa then hits uh, Project Champa on Rollins for two, and I got overly excited that I weed a little bit. Yeah, uh, is, that, is that true? N- no, 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 oh. not at all. Thought that was true maybe for maybe, a l- maybe a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's um, why I lost you for a couple minutes there. Okay. <laughs> uh, Rollins yeah, me just blankly staring at the screen. Uh, I got to go. <laughs> Rollins stomps Champa after a uh, a Roman Reigns Superman punch before Champa was able to hit the fairy tale ending. Um uh, yeah, this is uh, uh this is where the commentary team uh, commentary team started losing me again cuz I started complaining about Corey Graves. Did they ever really have you, though? No. Not not from any part of this whole night. Yeah. Um, the only saving grace, again, was Nigel McGinnis. Um, let me see here. Roman Reigns hits a Superman punch, and uh, Ron hits the curb stomp on Ciampa. Uh, Keith Lee... <laughs> With the pin of the century, (laughs) hits Seth Rollins with the jackhammer, and or not even the jackhammer. He hit him with a. I forget what it was. It the jackhammer, but it's basically yeah, it's basically a jackhammer type maneuver. Yeah, and pins Seth Rollins. Burn it down. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag burn it down, y'all. Keith Lee has an exchange with Roman Reigns for a few moments. Keith Lee almost beats Roman Reigns.
2: How crazy would it have been to get a pin on Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns in the you same might as, match?
0: You might as well put him against Brock
2: next. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> you like,
0: you just did what? Like this is crazy. Oh, you're
2: barreling through like all the top guys, everybody. Wow.
0: Yeah, um, he just puts on a wonderful show. You think that he's gonna actually beat Roman, um, uh, but Roman Reigns just in the nick of time gets a spear off and uh gets the, the pin for uh, the victory for Smackdown mm-hmm. yep, yep. so um I will say this it's this is exactly the right decision again mm-hmm. ultimately was this match overbooked as hell yes but it was ultimately the right decision because now you have NXT they're in the lead still, they won the women's elimination match, all is right with the world, but SmackDown won the all-important men's match. Right, right. and and Which is and, good for Fox. And then we can all give the middle finger to Raw, because I, I, I don't know what's going on there anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, I
2: mean, uh, it was a good match. I, I found it pretty entertaining. Uh, there was a lot of big moves from everybody. Uh, Keith Lee had some insane stuff. I mean, pinning Rollins is that's huge. Like that. That's really huge. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, I liked it. There, <laughs> the Walter thing pissed me off. Like, I, I have it in all caps. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> like, I, in the moment, I was so so angry. Yes. They did bring it back though, and, and the the match did end very well. The middle of it was very good as well. Yeah. Um, was it the best match I, I saw tonight?
0: No, but it was entertaining. I, I've I it, I felt blessed enough that I was basking in Keith Lee's glory. Indeed. And Roman Reigns did absolutely the the right thing and they did this perfectly at the end of the match where Roman Reigns he's clutching his ribs and he's looking at Keith Lee from across the ring and he's just shaking his head like how the hell did I like beat this guy? Yeah, yeah. Like I came so close to losing. And he gets up Keith Lee gets up. Keith Lee looks... I mean, he's he's disappointed. Uh, but, you know, uh, Roman Reigns puts out the fist. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they fist bump. Yeah, yeah. Keith Lee, you know, he he gives uh, you know the, his bow, and he leaves the ring. hmm So, yes, I, I was blessed enough to bask in the glory of Keith Lee tonight. Yes. <laughs> he was wonderful. Oh, bask in the glory. <laughs> uh, WWE title match. <laughs> Brock Lesnar takes on Rey Mysterio
2: Brick Lozenge Brick Lozenge
0: Mr. Beast Milk himself Brock Lesnar takes on Rey Mysterio in a no holds barred match because we'll show AEW this is how no holds barred is done Man, um, I didn't
2: even think to like compare this to like Moxley Omega and uh That's a very sad comparison.
0: Um, uh, just a statistic, real quick here. A little bit of fun with Headlock Talk. Uh, Brock Lesnar has progressively faced smaller men year over year over the last three years. Yeah. All of his opponents for Survivor Series have gotten smaller. I wonder if that's on purpose. I don't know. know. Uh, the the theory here is that Brock has wonderful matches with the, the smaller guys. Um, you know, whether that's uh, AJ or Tane O'Brien or Finn Balor. Or, uh, I don't consider Seth Rollins a small guy. Maybe by Brock Lesnar comparisons, yes. Compared to Lesnar, yeah. <laughs> Lozenge. Yeah, I mean, most people are smaller people compared to Brock Lesnar. This is true. <laughs> um, but he apparently has great matches with the small, the, the, the smaller guys on the roster. That's crazy. I've never seen one. Uh, Um, (laughs) this match here was, um, it was something, it was something, uh, uh, it was hot garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Steven. Um, so, uh, Rey Mysterio went to try and go get the, the lead pipe from underneath the ring. Brock Lesnar somehow was smarter than Rey Mysterio. It's all that beast milk. It's all the beast milk, y'all. Hashtag beast milk. Um, Brock Lesnar hits a series of clotheslines, uh, basically rainmakers. On, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the the rainmaker on on Rey Mysterio. Shout out Okada. Yeah, there you go. Uh, does the suplex thing. You get the idea. Dominic Mysterio then comes out. They hit a an actually pretty cool looking double six one nine to Brock at one point yeah uh they're both hitting Brock in the balls uh
2: yeah Dominic comes out because he wants to throw in the towel right Dom, for, that, for his father yes
0: th- thank you Stephen mm-hmm. thank you for explaining why he's out there yeah he's about to throw in the towel and then he gives Brock the one of the I'm gonna I'm gonna uppercut you in the testicles kind yeah, of thing in the nads yeah <laughs> um I don't know uh, Stuff happened, and, uh, and then Brock Lesnar won.
2: Uh, I mean, the, uh, I don't want to go too far into it just because I'm going to get um, angry. Th- this but,
0: match went all of seven minutes.
2: Okay, let me just say this. Seven minutes. Brock Lesnar does not have good matches. From- because Brock Lesnar comes out and does a clothesline, does a suplex, pins, done. Every single time. I I don't care what what argument someone wants to bring to me and be like, oh, well, it's it's actually, you know, David versus Goliath, and it, it's actually telling a really good in-ring story. Bullshit.
0: Every single Brock Lesnar match is garbage. Look, I, I even bought into the theory that, you know what? This might be good. This might be. They might find a way to make it work. Maybe Brock tries to be dominant, at, just like he's been in the, in the Survivor Series years before and then Ray just you know he just breaks out the dictionary of lucha moves and it just ties up Brock Lesnar all over the place and then we might see the miracle of Ray Mysterio winning the title but that didn't happen no i mean we we got the same thing that we always get from Brock we we didn't see well and 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 not to harsh too much on it but we didn't even really get to see much innovative offense from Ray I mean, it yeah. Was, I mean, the biggest spot was, was, either, was the the dual six one nine. Yeah, it was either that or repetitive low blows, or you know, uh, you know, I'm going to try and use the lead pipe on Lesnar, and that's yeah. that's what it was. No, um, no involvement from Kane Velasquez, so that that goes out the window. Yep, uh, this was just uh, something. It, you know, it it, it um, this is one that you can completely skip because it was it's just not worth your time. It's it's, it's not a, worth your 7 minutes.
2: No, it's a nothing match. I mean nothing happened. If you've if you've seen Brock Lesnar wrestle before, that's what happened in this match. Cool. Not I don't know. Some people love Lesnar and you know more power to you. I'm not trying to tell you what you should like or or what you should think is the gold standard of of a good match or whatever, but I just every Brock Lesnar match is boring as all hell. It's the same thing. Over and over again, cool. Just pin Rey Mysterio and let's get on with the show.
0: Yeah, we we were then blessed for the main event to uh, you know be joined by my wife, Mrs. Headlock Talk. Indeed, um, you know, she was not impressed by any of the three ladies who came out to the ring. Um, I don't understand why. I mean, they're all very good, with all due respect. Uh, Shayna Baszler. Becky Lynch and Bayley main evented Survivor Series here, which is awesome. Good for them. Congratulations. You yes. did you did it. Yeah. Um the match itself, Stephen, very slow, mm. very plodding. Mm. Not a lot of tension. Um Yeah, I mean that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, it was it wasn't bad per se. It was just very pedestrian. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I know that we kind of agreed not to do any kind of star ratings here tonight. Uh, but, uh, I mean, if I was to, I mean, it would probably be within about the two star range. Yeah. It, it, you know, I mean, there was nothing remarkable really about, about the match. I mean, all three of them wrestled just fine, Yeah, but there was nothing that indicated why this would be the main event on the card. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I completely
2: agree. You know, uh, there was there was good work. Yeah, I mean, half, and that's really about it.
0: Half the crowd was about to sleep, or, or getting near there, <laughs> just like Shayna for most of the match. <laughs> Perhaps, um, you know. Ultimately, Shayna Baszler tapped out Bailey mm-hmm. and got sealed the win for NXT. Yeah, which is great. You should have put NXT over. Yeah. You know, but who who am I? But but just a man. Yeah. Yeah. A, a man with some ideas. Yeah. No, I mean um, the
2: the match itself, uh, for me, like I'm I'm not gonna mince words, it was is very, very boring. Yes. Uh I, I really wanted it to end uh probably about halfway through. Um I don't know really what they were what they were going for here, really. It it was <laughs> it barely got into first gear. You know, like that like I said, there was good work just because those three ladies are great wrestlers like there there's no right. denying that you know that they're, they're great wrestlers, but I don't know what they were trying to portray with this match, but like you said, it was very slow, very plotting, and in my opinion very, very boring, and for a main event it like it is not deserving of that in my opinion and that and that's that's no disrespect to the ladies like i said they're they're all great wrestlers, and I've seen Fantastic matches from all of them. I was about this to say was
0: not one of them. I was about to say I could probably name ten better ma- ten better matches from all three of them. Right before I would name a better match than this, mm-hmm. uh, oh, or or name a match worse than this. Rather, mm-hmm. um, I mean it was fine. Uh, Shayna stood tall for all of about five seconds after the match, and then was taken out by Becky Lynch because. Becky's the real star. And, right. And nobody from NXT can be a bigger star than Becky Lynch.
2: Yeah, it really bothered me because, you know, uh,
0: Shane. I mean, gets... all due respect to Becky. I mean, right. I mean, yeah, of like, course. Like, like she, she is the biggest star in WWE. I would say by, by a good margin right now. It's either her or Roman. Right, right. Um, I just found it a little bit odd that you couldn't put NXT over just you know to close the show out. Yeah, I mean, well, have them all celebrate in the ring. Have yeah. The whole roster come out party, you know. Mm-hmm. Man, NXT really did it this time. Like, you know, you should tune into NXT on Wednesday cuz they're probably going to continue partying or something.
2: Right, right. Yeah. No, it really bothered me at the end of the match cuz you know, you saw the 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 finish with Shayna tapping out Bailey. Uh, Shayna's music plays and, and you know, she gets a nice little little victory lap with with the belt in the ring. Uh but then like you said, Becky starts attacking her and everything like that, and then they play Becky's music at the end and then fade to black. And it's like NXT won that match. Like mm-hmm. I, I, like you said, I, I understand that Becky's a huge star and I mm-hmm. get that, but she didn't win the match. Like I, it doesn't make sense to me.
0: No, it doesn't. But we've come away with a lot of questions after this pay per view here. Uh, Steven, yes. we've come away with what's next for Brock Losner? W- Brick lo- Lozenge. <laughs> what's next for Keith Lee? Where's Kevin Owens going to go? Mm. Will I mute the TV next time <laughs> so I don't have to listen to Jerry the King Lawler? Or change it to Portuguese. Or change it to Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Will I do- Will I change to that? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, y'all. Uh, but this has been a very angry birthday from Headlock Talk. Yes. <laughs> we we didn't we didn't mean for it to be. We we rather liked Takeover a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um but WWE, I, you gotta sort this out, man.
2: There were parts of Survivor series that were great. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. It's just you know, and, and we've talked about this before. We try not to be so down and, and like we, we try not to be overly critical, but You know, we're gonna point out the things that we liked, yeah, and we're gonna point out the things that we didn't like, yeah. Unfortunately, there, the levels of that
0: with Survivor Series, yeah, the the things that I didn't like were far extreme things that I did not like, exactly. Whereas the things that we did like, it was like, oh, yeah, that was cool, yeah. And again, if if y'all disagree with anything that we have to say, please. Hit us up on Headlock Talk on Twitter yes. at Headlock Talk. I would love to converse it with you. I promise I will be open minded. I, I I I will take your constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. These are just things that I didn't like, though. Yeah. So and that's and that's okay. It's okay. But let's uh, let's end this angry Headlock Talk birthday with uh, a, a little bit of a light note here, Stephen. Yes. yes. Uh, let's end this with how we always do. If Wishes Were Fishes. Everybody, if this is uh, your first time listening to Headlock Talk, or indeed your last time listening to Headlock Talk, you know, uh, we play this little game here at the end of our show called If Wishes Were Fishes, where we each take turns making wrestling related wishes, and in turn, we grade them. In terms of fishes. Yes, indeed. It, it is quite silly, but it is quite fun. Yes. Um, you know, we, we take a lot of pride in uh, uh, lightening up the mood after uh, after a show like this, of course. Uh, Steven, do you have any wishes for us this evening? I sure do. I sure do. Go for it, champ. So, number
2: one, um, I did like the Fiend Daniel Bryan match. From Survivor Series, I-, I thought it told a really good story, uh, even if it was a lackluster match itself. Right. However, I don't necessarily think that that story needs to end with this. And I, I think with Daniel Bryan uh, bringing out the yes chant at part of it, th- you can still go on with him and his uh, his mental capacity kind of breaking down. You know, that's the story that they were that they were telling before the match, and that's the story I think that they were telling throughout the match as well. So, if Wishes Were Fishes, uh, The Fiend, Daniel Bryan, that's going to be The Fiend's new new feud going forward. And uh, just because I think they work really, really well together. Um, I will say, I'm not 100% sure where it would go. But I do like the Fiend's character, and I think the story with Daniel Bryan uh, and the Fiend getting into Daniel Bryan's head and making him second guess himself and things like that. I think there's a lot of different avenues you could go down with that. So if wishes were fishes, uh, that's the Fiend's new feud going forward.
0: I love it. Yes, I, thank I, you. I, I love that wish, and, and and I can I mean there's a lot of rumors going around about uh, you know where the Fiend is going to go and what the WrestleMania plans are. We'll see when we get there. I think it might be fairly likely, uh, you know, some of these rumors that were going around. But I love this wish nonetheless, and and I like where your head's at here, Stephen. Well, thank you. So, uh, if wishes were fishes, uh, I'm going to give that uh, six flame angelfish based on its red tint. I like it. Because of the red lighting. Yes, hashtag red lights. Hashtag red lights. Well, thank you, sir. Well, thank you, Steve. <laughs> and uh, what wish do you have for me? I'm going to start off my wish here uh, by saying I think it's next weekend. Triple A in Mexico has a huge show that you can watch on Twitter. Uh, not Twitter, but Twitch, rather. Yes. Um, one of the main events is going to be for uh, the Triple A's top title, which is currently held by Kenny Omega. Who um, beat Ray Phoenix to win that belt? Now that match will actually be against Dragon Lee, and they're gonna have a really awesome match. Dragon Lee is actually one of those people who um, I would probably actually also put in the honorable mentions list for Fantasy Warfare 2019 mm-hmm. this year. I, th- I thought he had a really really awesome year, really great tournament in the um, uh, uh, what was it? The best of the Super Juniors, almost won the whole thing. Uh, had a great match with Will Ospreay. Yeah, I mean, Dragon Lee's awesome, for sure. Mm -hmm. So, they're going to have an awesome match. But there's somebody else. Another Fantasy Warfare 2019 tournament contestant Mm -hmm. on that card. Bandito. Mm. So, if Wishes Were Fishes, immediately after Kenny Omega beats Dragon Lee, and I'm presuming that he will, uh, Kenny Omega will then... Uh, hold his title up high, the lights will go out, the lights will turn back on, and Kenny Omega will look at the screen and he'll see Bandito holding his arm out with the, 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 the pistol hand gesture that Bandito likes to use, mm-hmm. and he'll be confronted by Bandito. And Kenny Omega and Bandito will have a match for the AAA World Heavyweight Championship.
2: I like it. I like it.
0: I mean... What's
2: better than two of the best single competitors in the world? That would be a
0: brilliant match.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I think. I, I completely agree. Um
0: Yeah, man.
2: I don't even I don't even know what caliber of fish I could give you to like illustrate how much I like that wish.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, you, know, it's a-
2: you know what? Unofficial mascot of headlock talk, three and a half Marlins.
0: Oh, nice. Yes. Thanks, man.
2: That's a great wish. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, let's see here. For your final wish, Steven. Yes, for my final wish. So, um, talking about AEW a little bit, just just a little, a little smidgen. Uh, AEW's been doing this thing where uh, most of their pay-per-views are paid, right? However, they have had a couple free ones, right? Yes. And I think that's a really cool idea just because, you know, not everyone has cable uh so they can't tune into dynamite necessarily uh but not everyone wants to fork out $50 to to watch a pay-per-view that if you've never seen AEW you don't really know what you're getting into uh things like that right right so i kind of want to i want WWE to do something like that mm. where they give you a free show to just give you a taste of what you're missing, and give you a taste of what you could be watching uh, if you were a network subscriber, right? Mm. So, if wishes were fishes, Survivor Series 2020 is a
0: free show. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Survivor Series 20. Uh, if you're not a new subscriber, right? You, so you right. get you get like a like a 9.99 credit, or they just don't auto debit your card, or or whatever. or they just stream it somewhere. Oh. Huh? you know. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Maybe YouTube it. Yeah. yeah, that'd be pretty dope. And I'd like to save the extra ten bucks. You know, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, uh, I'll go ahead and give you. Let me see here. Uh, what what fish do I think about when I think of 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 money? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I really don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> it's a really odd question. I not, I don't know if it even has an answer. Um, let me see here. Uh, ooh, this one looks like a like a nice fish here. It, it uh, kind of looks like uh, like George Washington a little bit. Ironically though, it's French. Uh I'm going to give you four french angel fish. Um, thank you. <laughs> yeah, because it kind of it looks like a dollar bill a little bit. That was just a beautiful line. Yeah. <laughs>
2: looks like George Washington, but ironically it's french. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, thank you. Thank you. I will take the fish kindly. Well, thank you, Stephen. <laughs> and uh for your final wish, Tanner.
0: We've had a lot of great tag team wrestling. Yes, we have. Uh, especially recently. Um, NXT had a great tag team match this past week. I loved it. We had a great singles match between two, uh, competitors who were prominent and pro- very prominent tag teams on AEW in Phoenix versus Nick Jackson. That was a beautiful match. That was a very, very good match. I loved that match. Mm-hmm. And the- and I also loved the revival taking on Undisputed Era. That was a fantastic match. Um, so if wishes were fishes, mm-hmm. What I would like to see is um, perhaps just, just perhaps we have um, let's, let's say let's say the proud and the powerful beat SCU for the titles, okay the tag titles, right? Let's say that that happens maybe early 2020. They have then an open uh, matchup set up. they say, you know what nobody can beat us. We're the best tag team. Right, like we've beat the Young Bucks, we've beaten, you know, um, you know the SCU'd right now. We're unstoppable. We're we're a great tag team. I think they are number one ranked right now. They might be. Mm-hmm. So, if they win the titles, they they have um, a gauntlet match on okay. AEW because one of my favorite raws was not too long ago where they had this gauntlet match that went. Like the whole episode of Raw, basically. Right? Um, And you could have it be like a tag team gauntlet match. Like a real tag team gauntlet match. Mm -hmm. And you have all these great teams that come out. And it gets down to the Young Bucks. And the Young Bucks are in the ring. There's only one team left. And that is, of course, when the Revival make their debut in AEW. Mm. And that kicks off their whole feud. The Revival, um, lose the match, but then cost the Young Bucks the titles later on. They have a huge feud. It just is perfect. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if you're going to introduce The Revival uh, into AEW, and I think you should, that's how I would do it. That would yeah. be my wish. Or you send The Revival to NXT. You know. Either or, Steven. Pick your poison. Which wish... W- actually, yes. Which wish do you like better? I mean... I love AEW.
2: I love NXT too, but I am really, really enjoying Dynamite. I'm liking it a lot. So I would say having the Revival go to AEW would probably be my choice. However, uh, AEW's tag team division is just kind of gnarly right now. So they don't, and and I don't want to say it like this because I don't mean it in a negative way, but they don't really need the Revival. Yeah. You know, like the revival's great, and they would have fantastic matches, fantastic feuds in AEW. I have no doubt about that. But they don't really need them. Whereas NXT's tag division is still very good, but if they could bolster it up a little bit, that is really the the one division that AEW is just leaps and bounds ahead of NXT Right. right
0: now. So well and I think a lot of people, though I will say with that point, a lot of people are clamoring to have the revival go to aew maybe rename themselves the arrival i don't know right right that'd be (laughs) hilarious well i mean i don't know man with with the revival
2: and everything that all the shit they're talking about wwe and and how they're like oh i just can't wait to to leave and blah blah blah. it almost makes me think that they're just gonna like next week we're just gonna get an announcement oh revival signs another five-year contract or something you know (laughs)
0: they're they're still here
2: Yeah, yeah yeah um However, I do really like that wish. Uh, whether they go to AEW or NXT, uh, it's definitely going to be a better place for them either way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give you a bunch of fish for that one. Oh, thanks, Cause, man. Because I I agree. I'm gonna go ahead and give you some blue banded gobies, Ooh, blue banded, yeah, five
0: of those What's five this? of those. they're kind of a smaller fish, though, so I'd give you the full five. hey, man, well, I appreciate that. I'm gonna put them on some pizza or something, yeah, be, okay, yeah, tasty, yeah, 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 uh, d- despite
2: the name, it's actually a very fiery red fish, which uh, oh. uh, which is yeah, which matches uh uh the revival's uh ring attire,
0: yeah. Okay. No, that's cool, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, and uh, thank you everybody for tuning into this uh, uh, special angry birthday episode of Headlock Talk. <laughs> we greatly appreciate you for tuning in. I hope again that we didn't upset anybody out there. Can uh, we call this episode Special Angry Birthday? I think that's that there's only one title for this episode. And I it has it. to be that that I love episode. It. Um but yeah, no, I mean we we just given our point of view here you guys and you know, uh, it was a very uh, weird and frustrating evening watching this show, but I think you and I both loved, you know, uh takeover war games.
2: Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I I really liked war games a lot and uh, I will say this, you know, however much negativity I'm given to Survivor series, it definitely was one of the more entertaining uh uh quote-unquote main roster uh, WWE pay-per-views that I've seen in a Mm -hmm. while. So it was very good.
0: And and I think a lot of that is owed to NXT's involvement. This is true. for, For better or worse. Yes. Um if you agree with us or you just really kind of enjoyed the show because I said the F word and Steven said the F word and we were all very angry. I did do that. If, if you enjoyed any part of this or any of our previous episodes, uh, please rate and review on iTunes, Spotify, Google play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Indeed. Um, uh, if you uh, want to hit us up, or if you have you know, something to say, you want to give us some constructive criticism on today's show, or you just flat out agree or disagree with us. Or some deconstructive criticism. Yeah, you know. We I'm, can take it. Yeah, I'm a fan of deconstructive art. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, uh, I also like a good Salvador Dali painting. Ah, yeah, yes. Uh, or are tangencing, anyways. Uh, <laughs> but yes, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, we are at Headlock Talk. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you are a sponsor out there and you love the sound of Stephen and I's sensual voices. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was very erotic, Stephen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, don't. No no need to apologize. Oh, you like it? No, no, Hey, stop it there. All right. Okay. That's enough. I'm out, guys. Um, <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so if, if you like the sound of Stephen and I's voices um, and uh, you would like to hit us up for business inquiries, definitely do that. Uh, hit us up at headlocktalk at gmail.com against headlocktalk at gmail.com for business inquiries. Um, once again, we are up for two awards from the podcast awards, uh, for, for the wrestling podcast awards, rather, on Twitter. Uh, you can vote for us for best duo and best newcomers uh, for uh, the uh Wrestling Podcast Awards. <laughs> it. Um, got him. <laughs> um, yeah, you can vote at The Wrestle Hub on Twitter. Again, that's at The Wrestle Hub. Um, or uh, you can also go to the uh, site of the hosts, The Rant Podcast. That's uh, rant with a V instead of an A. Yeah, The Rant R- Pod. Right? Yeah, The R V N T Pod on Twitter. You can also find that. All you have to do, ladies and gentlemen, is just go ahead and click on the Google Document link. Sign in, and then scroll down. Find us uh, wherever uh, our names are, that's Best Duo and Best Newcomers. Uh, the Queen of NE is also up for Best Podcast. Uh, the, uh, uh, the Queen's Court is up for Best Podcast. You can also vote for um, No Particular Angle, Badlands, uh, Wrestling Reverb, uh, Everything Pro Wrestling Pod, of course, also there. Uh, you can definitely find... Uh, all of them on that list. Also Brainbuster Radio is up for best brand, I believe. Yes. Uh so you can find us all there. Um so we would greatly appreciate your vote. Uh and uh yeah, that's that's about all I have, Stephen. Did I did I miss anything? I think you got everything, man. You're getting really good at that. Uh, good, good, good.
3: It's good. nice. Yes, Love yes. No, <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, and on that note, <laughs> we're very tired, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, very tired. <laughs> on that note, y'all, we greatly appreciate y'all for tuning in. Thank you again for sitting down on a very long episode of Headlock Talk, and we will see you next week where we'll break down more wrestling news and also the first round of Fantasy War for 2019. It's here. It's it's here. I'm so excited. So good. <laughs> good night and good luck, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, and love you. Later. Bye bye.
1: At Zenny. We believe everyone deserves access to high-quality, affordable eyewear. That's why we offer stylish prescription glasses for men, women, and kids starting at just $6.95. Our online factory direct model cuts out the metal men, so you save. At Zenni, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one-tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenni.com. Eyewear for everyone.
0: Zenni offers prescription glasses starting at $6.95, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit Zenni.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever.